Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrew, for Aleph. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Nick Hare and Chris Ragg of Aleph, and this week we're discussing grudges. I want to know why you want to talk about grudges. I think you're both pretty grudgy kind of people, and I have to say, a large part of my social interactions essentially uh, grudges and my activities around them. So um, I'm very interested in this topic. Okay. Um, go for it, Yeah, Nick. well, I'm not, actually. I'm uh, really not a very grudgy person. I've got a few really good ones. Okay. Um, but uh, uh, but don't generally form them. Usually quite easy going. Okay. Anyway, do you want to... Uh, I'm a big fan of Werner Herzog. And uh, so I've seen most of his documentaries, mm. and you know I like his I like him as a director. Quite prickly. He had isn't a very he is he had a very a very strained relationship with his kind of leading man stroke muse Klaus Kinski. Mm. And I saw a YouTube video mm. the other week where he was describing an argument he'd had with Klaus Kinski, who who was being a a, a uh, who was absolutely going nuts because his coffee was too wasn't hot enough. Mm. And Werner Herzog then went away and got his revenge because Just, he. Re sorry to interrupt your anecdote. I mean, this was in the middle of a jungle. Yeah, they're and in the jungle on a, filming, on a film set, and there'd been a helicopter crash nearby. Yeah, and That's sorry, right. yeah, go for uh, it. But but the the key the key issue is that he he then formulated his revenge plan, which was to get his last bit of Toblerone, and then take it to Klaus Kinski and eat it in front of him. It, apparently, Toblerone was. Um, was the gold of was the jungle. gold dust yeah. if you're in jungle? Mm. So um, anyway, there are, there are history is replete actually with examples of interesting grudges. Some even more dramatic than eating a Toblerone in front mm. of someone. Um, the story of Julius Caesar, who was kidnapped by pirates, and after being ransomed by his friends, he raised an army, went to the island where the pirates lived, captured them all, and had them crucified. Okay, um, Enrico Dandalo. Who was blind? He was an emissary, I think, who went to see the Byzantines. I can't remember where he was from, probably Venice or something. Um, blinded by the Byzantines. Mm. Uh, I don't know, they were cross with him for some reason. Mm. Um, so, 30 years, he became king of, I think it was Venice, and then 30 years later went back with an army and, and sacked it as part of the Fourth Crusade. Mm -hmm. uh, Alfonso IV of Portugal, uh, he had his son's lover assassinated. Mm. Um, and so his son eventually became king. Sorry, uh, yes. Yeah, so his son uh, Peter eventually became king, Peter the um, First. And he, uh, to get his revenge on the assassins, he ripped their hearts out with his bare hands. Oh, good lord! Yeah, it's quite. Uh, that's that's quite difficult to do. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's not impressive. It's, it's, I mean, it's 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 a lot harder than eating a Toblerone. But um, but anyway, uh, the point is, isn't it, that people. Obviously, could be motivated to go to quite some lengths when they have when they have a grudge against someone. And so, I think what we want to talk about is what is going on with grudges. Uh, are they are they good or bad? Uh, you know, what's the best way to deal with them? Um, and you know, so on. Why have we why do we have them in the first place? So, okay, um, yeah, nicely framed. I think you've got an idea or some definitions of what a grudge might be. I think you do as well, Nick. Um, let's yeah. see how they compare. Uh, Chris, what's a grudge? Well, I think the first thing is, that, uh, to me, they're distinct from some other similar related um, irrational negative type uh, interactions between human beings. So I think they're distinct from feuds and vendettas and rivalries, right? So, um, and, and 
And the, the way I think they're distinct is that for a grudge to be a grudge, uh, a classic grudge, it has to be enduring, right? So, so it has mm. to be long running. Um, and, and often that means that the, um, the, the satiation of the grudge comes decades after the, the initial instance or, or, or uh, initiation of the grudge. Um, I think that they're deeply personal. So, so they, they are deeply pers personal and they're, they're emotional. So there's a, there's a strong emotional and maybe uh, irrational, seemingly irrational element to them, right? Um, I think where they're distinct from feuds and vendettas is that they're, they're generally non-escalatory, right? So it's not about things getting worse and worse and worse. It's about storing something up executing revenge at the right time or, or maybe even just you know quietly simmering on it for, for, for a long period of time um, but I, I also think that a grudge um, can can either have a, a minor cause so so or, or more more accurately um, the they have a disproportionate impact so so the the desire to do something about it outstrips what the initial slight was in, in, in the first place. So that's my sort of, uh, that's my kind of starter for 10 of, of how to, what the parameters for, for a grudge are. Yeah. So. And also I think you sort of nailed it in when you're saying the difference between feuds and vendettas, for example, is, is it feels like incredibly personal, incredibly emotional. Yeah, it's not clan against clan. It's, yeah. it's um, although we'll talk a little bit about that yeah. in, in due course, but, but yeah, they don't, they don't, continue to spiral I think that well, that becomes then a, a, a feud and a, 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 a and a, ven, a vendetta I I, um, I don't really agree I think a feud is the logical outcome of a grudge if you accept what Chris and a, I agree a grudge with, can turn into a feud yes yeah right so uh, so what I'm saying is they're not it's not really just so Chris was saying there has the, it has this kind of I think the desire for vengeance mm. the desire to, to satisfy your grudge mm. um is often for a worse to inflict much worse hurt on the on the person who aggrieved you, right? The kind of two eyes for, for an eye, kind of kind of revenge. I think is what you is what you want. Definitely. I mean, we, you know, I've got, when I when I've been sort of someone's been rude to me on the tube or something, and I think, well, I'd happily murder that person mm. right now. Mm. Um, so I, I just think that's what happens. Then then that that person feels aggrieved because they've been given an unjust punishment, and that then leads to a spiral of of grudges, right? So I, I don't I don't think it's a but 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 to me the the defining the defining feature is that it is about a perception of unfairness. I think there has or or being you know, wrong of being yeah. wrong. Mm. So it's not just someone doing something bad to you. It's someone doing something unfair to you, yeah, um, or, or you know, humiliation, which which I think would be kind of counted as a, a, a in the same bracket, really. Um, so, I, so I, I just so that's to me is it's almost like a mental uh, judgment about how fairly you were treated, and if you were treated very unfairly, hey presto, we're in grudge territory, and and you want to get your own back. Yeah. Yeah. But it's got that sense of smouldering resentment about it, yeah. and no, not necessarily activity like you might get in a vendetta or a, or a feud. And actually, That's, it can just be a one-off thing because, like yeah, with Julius I suppose, Caesar, right? I suppose what I'm sort of um, what I'm thinking of is a, a, a grudge is more restrained. So, mm. so there's 
so so yes the if somebody were unrestrained with themselves it would immediately develop into a feud but i think a grudge is more where they're able to sort of keep a lid on it for longer and therefore it doesn't go to tit for tat and, yeah. and massive escalation. And internally nurture it. Um, um, yeah. There's something quite internal about it, it feels. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. you bear a grudge, right? Mm. Which has this sense of this thing on your shoulders that you're carrying around with you that's eating away at you and you're, you're waiting, to, waiting for your moment. Yeah. And grudges can be, I think, are often just unsatisfied, and maybe that's the nature of them. But anyway, anyway, have we have we have we covered it in terms of define? You reckon? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think that's the gist of it. Okay. All right. So the question is: uh, Are grudges good or bad, mm. or can they be either? <clears throat> so I've looked online, and most of the um, most of the kind of self help, you know, here. But they say it's bad. Yeah, they oh, all think yeah. it's bad, right? So, so it universally agreed, as Chris was saying, that a grudge is a kind of weight um, that eats away at you mm. and it's harmful. Mm. And you should therefore, I, I guess, you know, well, forget about them, attempt to just not let them intrude on you anymore. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, wh whether that is the same as forgiving the person who wronged you, I don't know. Mm. Mm. Um but but uh, anyway, that the the sort of universal agreement is that they're bad, and I guess and I guess from a sort of you know twenty first century point of view, where negative emotions are just bad, that's true. But I I'm I'm not sure I agree that negative emotions mm. are always bad. I, I also I also think if you look around um, at uh, sort of examples of grudges that have led to positive things, there there are. There are a number, particularly in 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 art. So you know, um, c classically, there was the 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 Constable Turner mutual grudge. I didn't know about this. Um, oh, they okay. they they they, they were they were well they were contemporary and they mm. were um, art rivals, but mm. they but they personally disliked one another. And I'm not entirely sure what the what the origin of the grudge was, other than you know one of them will have slighted the other at mm. some point. Mm. Um, but uh, you know, this came to came to a head in in the, the 1776 um, Royal Academy exhibition, where famously um, Constable had his his painting displayed next to Turner's. Constable's was the um, the opening of Waterloo Bridge, uh, and Turner saw them both next to each other, and he sort of thought, well, Constable's is a bit is is a bit better at stealing the show, and he just and it had all this red all over it, and he went away and he got his brush and he he put a, a, a red. Uh, boy in the in the sea, and then it was universally accepted that his was an absolute masterpiece and and worked brilliantly in contrast to this <laughs> slightly lesser painting next to him. Mm. Um, but the point was, it was it was personally personally sort of driven that he didn't want to be upstaged by this person. So there's an element of rivalry, but it was also you know a personal grudge grudge element. Then you get things like um, like Carly Simon's "You're So Vain." As a as a grudge song, there are plenty of grudge songs. In fact, um, uh, Olivia Rodriguez, um, who uh, who's had a very very popular album recently, I can't remember the name of it, but the entire thing is driven basically about a series of breakup songs mm. related to one one relationship and this. And you know, she's taken something negative and it's very very grudge driven. Like all the lyrics are all about 
character assassination of this of this individual. Mm. Well, certainly um, the, uh, the the world of the hip hop gentleman seems to be well, full quite, of lots yeah, of grudge based yeah, yes, yeah. artistic uh, output. Biggie Smalls and Tupac Shakur. Shakur. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so in the arts, yeah. you may be going on to talk about sports. I don't know. But yeah, sports but then, famous. then we're Steve into, then Cram we're, and Sebastian exactly. Coe. But then, yeah, but I mean, are we just no, talking no, no. about rivalry? I think we are talking about rivalry, but. I think under some circumstances where the other party is distant. So, so take, for example, um, artists producing something based on a grudge that the where the, you know, like Carly Simons, you're so vain, where the the person the grudge is about is is anonymous and not involved in the in the in the tit for tat. That that grudge can be harnessed in a positive way to positively affect the individual. They can make money from it, for example. So I think... Uh, it I seems think... a bit of a niche. I mean, you know, if you have to be an international pop star in order to make a grudge work, um, you know, no, I feel like there should be a better justification. No, but for... hold on, hold on, hold yeah. on. So, I mean, but no, I do want to revisit, to talk about this thing of sports, for example. So, you know, grudge match, it does happen yeah, all the time. And it's not, it just from, a, right? not just a rivalry. So, I mean, there is a rivalry involved usually, right? But if we think, you know, I know there's football, for example, but think about boxing. If we think of Muhammad Ali and George Foreman, mm. and there was a smouldering resentment there, especially from Foreman, um, and then with um, uh, Joe Frazier as well, um, and Joe Frazier felt, felt very slighted um, by uh, Muhammad Ali, and so between those two, you had a series of great—I mean, some of the arguably the, the the greatest boxing matches of all times, which were very much framed and influenced by these grudges that existed. Um, now, how that trans? So that's you know good stuff the good the audience and great sort of I guess it pushes people on right whether it's artistically or within mm. sport or whatever and surely there must be um, you know I know we're talking about sort of famous examples but then is that the case in personal stuff as well I don't know well I um, think I mean you're, you're using bo boxing uh, is slightly an edge case but I mean in general um, so it, it, there is an argument that which I read uh, which was quite interesting uh, from um, Robert Solomon where he says, actually, uh, for something to be a grudge, for something to be, which he says is basically a form of resentment, resentment is basically anger directed at someone higher status than you, um, whereas contempt is anger uh, directed at someone lower status than you. Now, I think that's really interesting, and I'd like to drill into that in a bit. But um, if you just take that simple model, because which I think works pretty well, um, the way that you can get your own back on someone who's higher status than you is either by raising your own status or by lowering their status. And so you could say, and this isn't so much about grudges themselves, but how you actually deal with them. You could say that uh, the first the first kind is is good. That's that's about improving yourself, right? Improving your own standing. And the second time is bad. It's about harming someone else. So so I think that gives you a kind of one way to think about it. Um, I, there's another dimension. I, 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 I just think that 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 is quite an interesting theory because I think it does fit with my um, intuitive sense of what a grudge is, which is that you, it's not, it's not acted upon immediately. And why is that? Pro if it's if there's a status imbalance, it's probably because you don't have the power to um, to act on your your yeah. grudge at that point. So you you store it up and you and that's and that back to my point of, of of a positive element if it drives you to to move yourself up to a stage where you can actually exact justice on this person then yeah. then it is potentially a positive yeah thing. i mean i mean i think the uh, the classic a lion 
who's just been bested by another mm. lion who's stolen all the lionesses <clears throat> would be a good you, that you imagine that lion the one who's just been booted out he must have a grudge and i i guess that sort of feels uh, to me like the like a really well distilled example of what it's like when you have a grudge you you're retreating because you've lost or you are well, there's well, and, lots and, of, there's a, and you you're going to go away there's an impotence about gonna, it exactly you're going to go you're going to go away and you're going to work out what you can do and, to uh, to uh, get your own back uh, and i think this um this touches on the the natural aspect of of grudges and in fact um there's there's a chap called um vladimir markov uh who was a poacher so we, we talked about uh, lions i'm going to talk about tigers now mm. and um he uh he um was hunting a siberian tiger he was russian obviously mm. um out uh, somewhere in in the siberian tundra um and he sh he shot uh, the tiger, mm. um, but he only wounded it, and um, a fatal mistake. Mm. Uh, the um, the tiger. So, but he he then uh, and he stole some of its its kill crucially as well. He <laughs> took away, you know, it was gnawing at a deer or something, and he he took that for himself. Um, and this tiger uh, effectively um, followed him back, uh, or, or t took his scent, and then destroyed everything that had his scent on it in, in the location, and then hid and waited for him to return to uh, his, uh, you know, his cabin or whatever. Mm. Um, and apparently waited for uh, up to two days, mm -hmm. um, waiting for him. And then as he came back, it, it ate him. Um, and, uh, the, you know, uh, in a sense that doesn't, doesn't make any sense in the context of if it were looking for something to hunt, why would you go after yeah. a human? And so that that so that exists in 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 nature as a sense, but you've also got this imbalance. You know, at the point at which he's got his gun and he's the one hunting, you know, off has the tiger has to slink slink away. But at the moment that it's got things in its favour and it's stalking him and he's unaware, that's when it can um, uh, exact retribution. And I think it's fair to say that that's a grudge. I, 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 animals yeah. have grudges. I'm happy with that. And 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 I think there is an interesting paradox, which is gr I think having grudges is so natural for us. We don't ask. We don't. We don't notice that actually it's quite an odd thing to do in the sense that um, it's actually harmful for us. Yeah. In the short term, at least. And it's certainly potentially risky right, as well. Right. Yeah. But because it'd be much better if this tiger just said, "All right." I'll chalk that one up you to win experience. Some, yeah. I'll go and hunt a deer. Yeah. Much easier than waiting for two days for this guy to come back. Um, but the tiger didn't do that, right? So, so why why have we evolved uh, a very a sort of very sort of desire to do something which is superficially very costly? Um, there's a bit of a game theory puzzle there. Go on. But, but but well well I mean it's it's actually. Um, in a sense, you know, the fact that it's hardwired and intrusive and the fact that it isn't a rational desire in the, in, in the sense that we don't sit down and, and go, will satisfying this grudge, uh, you know, make me better off? We don't ask that question. We merely want to satisfy it. That's it. That's an end in itself. Um, and the, the well, the rationale would be, I think, the same reason that those kinds of things appear in nature uh, all over the place, things that are kind of costly and not really beneficial to you, uh, because it's better, you know, animals which are hardwired to have grudges, um, that acts as a, as, a, as a big deterrent on, you know, belittling them and a motivator to go back 
and try and you know become high status if you see it as a status thing mm -hmm. status is very mm -hmm. important um so it's a deterrent against against slighting people uh, in one regard but also you know is it, it you know in the same way that being highly motivated by sugar and fat makes us you know really work hard to get food um it, it, you know a desire to to um to raise your status uh, against someone who slighted you is obviously beneficial to your uh, survival yeah, yeah. but but it, but it, it did sorry go on chris well, I was just going to say, sort of picking up on that that idea of, um, you know, why, why, from an evolutionary strategy point of view, we might bear a grudge. I think there's also that the formation of the grudge and the maintenance of the grudge is is sort of, I, I, I'm going to argue, is is to some extent hard hardwired. I mean, if you look at um, what why they exist and why you know why sometimes a a fairly small thing can lead us to want to have a, a disproportionate um uh, impact on somebody and why grudges are so hard to shake right once you've w why you can't get rid of it why, why it's sort of um constantly reinforced and i i think um there's there's a number of sort of things going on there so so there's the idea that if somebody um somebody slights you this this idea of sort of once bitten twice twice shy that you um you know we're built to have loss avoidance so you know a a, a near fatal uh, um, occurrence or a negative occurrence anyway will has to have a lasting effect on us um you know it's very difficult to say oh well that person wasn't very nice to me um but never mind next time maybe they will will be nice you're like no, there was a negative thing happened, and that's going to disproportionately weigh in in my evidence um, sort of uh, uh, kind of ca catalogue, and and subsequently we you know we're then subject to confirmation bias about oh god they did that other thing you forget the other fifteen things that they did that were totally innocuous and you just remember the second thing that they did that was an, that was annoying or you know that that adds to the to the grudge so so there's an element of s uh, um, uh, sort of aggregation that isn't necessarily um, objective when when you're building up a building up a grudge. But I think the slight is vital because just thinking someone's an asshole uh, is not the same as having a grudge against them. Like I think uh, the concept of a grudge involves a an imbalance in the cosmic accounting that needs to be addressed that something that person needs to experience something negative it's very karmic yes. yeah and um yeah so so um you know we were earlier i was saying there's sort of good and bad ways of dealing with grudges um but i think there's also uh you know good and bad reasons to have a grudge in the first place right so um which which essentially comes down to if you if you think that it's about injustice which feels very plausible to me whether or not you actually were the victim of injustice or whether you were in fact justly treated right and i think it's inter intersects with the sense of entitlement like someone who who thinks they're entitled to something and doesn't get it is going to see that as an injustice potentially have a grudge right um so so I think that and some people have a greater sense of entitlement than others. So it's sort of those two things put together logically imply that there are some people who go round feeling, um, you know, f feeling, feeling more aggrieved because they feel like they're not getting their due. And those people are likely to have a greater sense of, of injustice, i.e. have have more grudges. Right. And, and so I think there's a sense of which, OK, if you were actually unfairly treated, 
it's okay to have a grudge. And in fact, in a, in a sense, you could argue, I, I think it's very plausible, um, that our justice system is a way of systematizing grudges. It's a way of saying, look, we don't want to have feuds. We don't. That's destructive. We're going to take that off everyone's hands and deal with grudges in a systematized, rational, evidence-driven way. Um, you know, it, as a kind of safety valve. Almost like we're 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 letting the state do that on our behalf, right? To d deal with the grudges. So, if you're the victim of injustice, I, I'd say it's okay to have a grudge. But you know, it, it, so if you but if you have an inflated sense of entitlement, so that you perceive more injustice being served your way, then you, you know, obviously, you're going to be forming grudges which you're not in, which you, you're not allowed to form. Okay. And in fact, you know. Uh, the feeling of resentment is associated with uh, psychopathy, um, and I think for that reason, because psychopaths are very have a very keen sense of their own kind of entitlement and and their own sort of status. So, um, yeah, it was interesting though the the etymology there, because I mean, if we look into the Greek there, because psychopathy, I mean, that literally means the suffering of the mind or something like mm. that. Yeah, so it's the individual who's suffering. But also, it makes me think, because um, I'm quite a grudgy person. Right. I'm not sure if I agree about this entitlement thing, but anyway. Um, hmm. I think one of the things about being like... <laughs> it doesn't apply to Fraser. No, anyway. yeah, clearly no he's, he's genuinely he's been it. very yeah. unjustly yeah. treated yeah. by the yeah. whole world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, I think if you think about that kind of person who's constantly peeved and aggrieved, mm. and actually it's not a very, you know, it'd be nice to, you know, I'd like to sort of be more magnanimous, right? And I think it's a more attractive trait. Hmm. Well, but on the other hand, how, how boring, like how bland. And going back to at the beginning when we talked about like the internet thinks is a bad thing, grudges. Well, of course it bloody does because the internet's so bloody preachy these yeah. days. And it's just all a bit dull and bland. So thank God for people like me charging around the world with their grudges. Well, um, but, but I mean, if, if what we've said is true, which it feels plausible to me, then, you know, the thing is that having grudges is inherently low status. You can't have a grudge if you're high status. We've had so many episodes where it turns out my character traits are really low status. Yeah, so look, low I just status and, uh, and entitled. Yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. I just, I just want to. So I think there's another interesting, uh, just expanding out from that concept yeah. and going back to this idea from uh, Robert Solomon that resentment is uh, against higher status people and contempt is against lower status yeah. people. So I had a thought that um, actually that drives quite a lot of politics. You could say that the politics of resentment is populism and the politics of contempt is elitism, right? That sounds right, isn't it? And if you look at... So I, I have a further corollary, yeah. which is that if, if your feeling towards your political opponents is resentment, then you probably don't have power. If, you're, if your feeling towards your opponent is contempt then you probably do have power. Mm. So the establishment at any given time, whatever that is, and I would say, you know, say 100 years ago, contempt would have been perhaps towards working-class rabble-rousers. Mm. Now contempt is towards sort of Trumpy, Brexity people. And, and I think that, you know, the basket mm. of deplorables. Mm. And so I think that tells you that it's not a left-right thing, contempt versus resentment. What it is is a in power or not in power. And, and I think you say that sort of progressivism, whatever that means, is sort of in power, you know, which yeah. is why um, the people who are sort of anti-progressives at the moment, they're experiencing resentment instead of contempt and, and vice versa for the, for the people who are progressives. So, so yeah, I, I, think, I think this runs very deep, this idea of resentment and contempt. And... Um, and, uh, if, you know, I, when we were just looking at this, if you think back to the 1980s, for example, uh, the resentment was 
from you know uh, sort of working class educated middle class towards what they saw as this kind of thatcherite elitist kind of group um whereas now uh, the resentment is the kind of gammons and the brexiteers against what they see as a kind of progressive elite mm. um so yeah I there, we, bang are. On. Uh, there yeah. we are yeah. the yeah. politics of grudges yeah very yeah. important um we need to wrap up shortly however before we do um, perhaps more, Chris. Any anything to add before we just finish it off? Um, uh, well, no. I was just going to say. I think. I think that that that's an interesting observation, and I think it kind of tallies with um, uh, if you look at the the way the media that represent those different groups operate, and if you think about the the Daily Mail is full of um, outrage uh, material. Um, and and I think and I think this shows why grudges maybe don't scale very well, or they can be harnessed by a political movement to great effect, um, because essentially a grudge is supposed to be a personal thing, right? It's, mm. it's you have something happen to you, but nowadays with mass media and you know social social media, you can see somebody else slighting someone a bit like you, mm. um, and you you. Um, you inherit that that sense of the of the slight, even though it was so. So you then tar whoever that group is that you know the individual slight some individual. It's on YouTube. You observe that and you go, oh well, all the people like that they hate me. So I'll I don't like all the people like that. And um, you know we're this we're this group over here being slighted. Our group has a, a grudge against them. Now, of course, that was one incident, right? So, in our old school mind, that would have been the the one incident, and it would have been a weighty example because you only had five incidents of you know in your in your evidence catalogue. But now you see the one instance of that happening, I mean, amongst gazillions of of incidents that were totally harmless, and you you latch in on that and. Um, form a grudge based on it. So, so that's why I think there's a great sort of um, uh, a, a huge creation of, of outrage type things. There's always, you know, cyclist gets cut up by by van, and all the cyclists are like, yeah, van drivers hate them. You yeah. know, um, and it's, it's tremendously validating if there's other people joining in with your group judge, uh, group group gr grudge. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think that transferring of of uh, of Judge, uh, of grudges, grudgment of grudgment, yeah, <laughs> um, is 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 something that is facilitated by the media we have at the at the moment, and which is probably fueling more of a sense of grudge interactions, grudge politics. Um, yeah, yeah. All right, let, let, let's wrap this up. Um, got a question? Either, I mean, what would you reckon? We can either say. Tell us a grudge, your own grudge, your favourite grudge that you've nurtured for so long. Mm. Could be personal, I think. You could have your your favourite grudge in general, but I think the the, the personal nature yeah, yeah, of yeah, grudges yeah. makes what's, it. Yeah. What's your longest held grudge? I mean, I yeah. find it really difficult to nail this one down. Yeah, because you've got billions. I've I've got so many. I really do. Yeah, I've got I've and they're developing every day. I've got a new one right. recently. You know, and also you know I'm married, right? So you're gonna have lots of grudges building up Imagine for two much, decades. How you much know? space in your memory is is filled up with with grudges? Right. 
and also how much my emotional capacity yeah. is my bandwidth how is how much more productive you could be I know, if right? you listen to the internet and you shit well perhaps it's yeah. motivating him though yeah, yeah that's true. but that's why i've gone on to be such a brilliant individual yeah, that's right? right and achieve so much and yeah. such yes, sparkling yes, so, yeah so. right yeah. 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 such high social status yeah ex exactly that yeah. 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 yeah um so let me think about that and what um, and be careful i might be developing a new grudge right now right, when yeah, you say yeah, these yeah, kind yeah, of things who wants to kick off well i've got one right go for it um when I was uh, about 14, uh, a biology teacher called Mr. Cook took over the class for one lesson because our normal biology teacher was away. And uh, he just said, right, you're going to sit in silence and do your homework or something. Mm. There was no teaching of biology or anything like that. And I, at one point, uh, asked Ali Ahmed, who was sat next to me, for uh, rubber. Mm. American listeners, that's an eraser. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... Uh, and uh, Mr. Cook overheard, made me stand up in front of the class, spent about 10 minutes like a, dr like a drill, drill instructor telling, te put, telling me that I was, you know, just uh, how deeply flawed I was and how, you know, everything was good. Until eventually he made Mr. me cry. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, at 14, that's quite, um, yeah. I mean. Well, because he just wouldn't stop mm. until, and um, I, that's. I, Mr. Cook, if you're listening, or if any of you knows a Mr. Cook who's a biology teacher, I want you to let him know that he's not safe. He's not safe. Mm. One day, one day someone's going to come and find him. I like one day he's going to, you know, be too close to a window. I'm not, I'm not going as far for legal reasons. I'm certainly not going as far as to yeah. make a death threat or anything like that. Yeah. I'm just saying Mr. Cook needs to, needs to watch needs out. To watch out a bit. Just saying. No, nice. I like so that's that. that's probably that's a, a w w let me do the math. Th 30, 35 year old grudge, mm. which is not going away. I like it. I like it. But it hasn't it hasn't been satisfied yet. No, no. no. But it's still there. And that, I think that's the most that, that's the most powerful kind of of grudge. I think yeah. the the one that hasn't yet been. Um, yeah. No, I, I just but I, I'm really not very grudgy. I don't tend to, and I think maybe it's just because I, you know, I tend to look down on. It's because you're so magnanimous. Well, I, I think yeah. it's, it's probably just an I'm, inflated I, sense of self-worth, which means that. Yeah, but I don't feel slighted when someone on the bus, you know, is rude to me. I just think, well, who are you? It must yeah. be lovely to be so yeah. high status. I, yeah. I, I do know that you do possess a number of grudges, though, against oh. uh, against people. So. Okay. Yeah, maybe I do. Yeah. Maybe I'm kidding myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris. Uh, well, yeah, I think mine is, um, so I have to be a little bit careful about phrasing this one, but um, a, 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 a friend of mine and their, uh, their erstwhile partner, um, the first time I met uh, the partner, we were, we were basically, this, this, is, this is 20 odd years ago, 25 years ago perhaps, um, and we were attending a, par a party at the the partner's um, house, and they basically expelled us from the from the party. Wow! Entirely justifiably, it should be oh. said, right? So um, we'd turned up with no provisions uh, and uh, gate crashed effectively on on the uh, the the sort of steer of um, the friend whose partner this this was. Um, and so, it, 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 you know, retrospectively, the action was completely, um, completely justifiable. And, and, but, but at the time, 
I, I perceived it in some way as a, as a slight, it was sort of like, oh, I don't think you can, you can do that even under these circumstances. And, and it's been impossible to shake that, that sense of something not quite right there, even though this person has gone on, you know, this friend of mine has gone on to have a relationship with this person, had children and for, for, for decades, and they're obviously a perfectly decent person, but, but I can't... But one day... I, well, no, no, not one day. It's more, it's more that sense of, I just can't... One day the brakes will mysteriously fail. Yeah, I can't overcome that sense of not, that yeah. not being right on the first impression, regardless mm. of loads of evidence to the contrary. Yeah. Um, well, well, that invites so, yeah. lots of questions, but I don't think they're for the podcast. No. Um, Fraser, limit it to one, please. Well, I've actually got... Are you going to... It's actually oh, got... This God. is... He's doing it again. Yeah. I've actually got off top ten... Well, no, of course I do. But what I've got, and you're going to like this, is a kind of a trilogy within one grudge. Okay. Okay. Which is when I was about 11, I got my English exam uh, marked by someone actually a few years older in the school I'd never met. Um, and I was, I was so, I, I did. I they had I, the temerity not to give Fraser <laughs> yeah. 100%. No, I came, yes. I think I came top in the exam, right? Yeah. Um, however, what really got my goat then and still now, 35 years later or something, is I lost a mark because we'd been asked to look for Americanisms um, yeah. within a, a text. And I'd been marked down or lost a point because I said that the word candy was an Americanism, yeah. right? Sweets, right? Yeah. And, and, and Was it used to mean chocolate or was it mean used to, to mean... use sweets? It was meant, it definitely meant well, I mean, sweets. If it means specifically hard-boiled sugar don't, candy... Don't, don't you... No, right? no, 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 I'm on your side here. Okay, Calm down. Trying to help you. <laughs> no, but there's specifically like a candy well, cane, yeah. like rock. You remember rock? You know, I from the seaside. Or, or right, boiled that is, that, that I How would count that as candy. How often use the word candy in Britain? Look, look Never. It, I, but it refers to one very specific type of sweets, whereas Americans use it for all you, sweets. Yeah, right, it was a general thing. Okay, right. I'm, right. I'm giving I'm this to, to you. you. I think you're on the wrong side here. Anyway, oh, and, and what really annoyed me was this person had a, 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 a doctorate, a PhD, from some posh university, um, in American and Russian studies, right? American and Russian literature. You should know him better, right? So that's the first one, okay? But that same person, then years later, um, in a report they wrote about me in, in the A-levels, he said, because I had, he said, McGrewer has all the intellect of an aging blancmange, and I have not received one piece of work from him this term. Okay, I must admit, I've got a sneaking regard for what he wrote. That I think it was beautifully. I like it's a the aging bit. And aging like that's better than just a blancmange. <laughs> <laughs> and as you know, I do not have the intellect of an aging blancmange. It's you know fresh blancmange, fresh maybe. blancmange, maybe. Yeah, yeah. and I, that sort of has sort of sat a while burning with me. And then also, he was preparing me for some exams once, and um, I was talking about. Um, is, is this trilogy all the same individual? <laughs> it is. It's okay, the same right. person. Was I was talking, I was having a mock interview with him, um, and I started talking about um, exegesis or something like that, right? Which was, oh, yes. And I said to him, oh, do you know, because I was talking about, you know, the Gospel of Mark or something and the exegesis of it or something like that. I said, oh, oh, do, do you know what exegesis means? And he goes, yes, I do know what exegesis means, and I also know how to pronounce it. Ah, anyway, good. go. On. I was like, you, you, mm, you know. So that person. So I, mm. those, those grudges have been held there. Now, in a sense, my grudge was satisfied, but I don't. I'm not proud of how it happened, which is, well, he died. 
you know, and... Um, but by your hands? <laughs> not by my okay. hand. But that has, you can tell, just now this I don't, Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong in... Um, in getting reveling in someone's in, death, in reveling in someone's oh, okay. death, provided it wasn't I, caused by you. I, I definitely don't okay. revel in his death. Just no, to but say. but you, also, but in a sense, it's unsatisfying because you never got the chance to. He didn't that's die true. with his last image being you laughing in his face, yes. saying this will this will prove eating that I'm, eating candy. Yeah, yeah. you're yeah. going to get assassinated by Blamange, eh? Yeah, you know. All right, we're going to stop there. Um, I quite enjoyed that sort of the end of it. I feel I yeah, there's something about grudges I like actually. Yeah, we'll stop there. Thanks, as always, for listening to the um, Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. We've been here with Nick Hare and Chris Ragg of Aleph. Until next time, goodbye. Mm -hmm.